0: Hi, I'm Jayan Sriram and welcome to In Focus, the Hindu's Analysis Podcast. Thanks for joining us. We are quickly convening for this episode to discuss some quick news updates with regard to COVID-19. The first of which is some news now about an indigenous vaccine candidate that the ICMR, the Indian Council of Medical Research, is looking to fast track so we'll uh, start with that and then we'll get to some other points along the way i'm joined today by the hindu's deputy science editor jacob koshi jacob hi thanks for joining us Hi,
1: Jen.
0: right so jacob uh, the news today is that the icmr uh, plans to make this vaccine available for clinical use by uh, mid-august august 15. Mm-hmm. now the first thing that kind of strikes me about that news is that you know we've discussed several times that you know the, the time frame that we're looking at for a vaccine to be made available for covid-19 is yeah. um a year to 18 months yeah Th- that august 15 is extremely soon True. um so what's so what's the deal here like can you break this down for us
1: so basically in and we had discussed this uh, earlier on 9th may bharat biotech uh, which is a hyderabad based uh, company and makes is an experienced vaccine manufacturer it basically announced that, you know, it had uh, got into an agreement with ICMR and ICMR's National Institute of Virology and the NIV had actually given Biotech uh, a strain of, uh, you know, source extracted from a COVID-positive patient. The idea was that to be able to see if this strain, if modified and used in the right way, could be made into a potential vaccine as a weakened what they call a live atten- attenuated vaccine. So right. this weakened form could then be injected into healthy volunteers and hopefully the body would produce some kind of a positive uh, you know, immune response. That is, it produced, produces some antibodies and gives some amount of protection. So that was the plan that was announced in 9th May. But now, uh, just last week, on, or actually on June 29th, it, uh, uh, Bharat Biotech said that it had got approval from the Drug Controller General of India for human trials that is for phase one and phase two trials now generally human trials are preceded by animal trials i mean where you're testing it out on mice rabbits and actually ideally sometimes even on uh monkeys which has been the experience for many other vaccine candidates that have been tested in other parts of the world so uh the very fact that drug control general has approved it probably means that they were satisfied with the animal studies that Bharat Biotech had conducted uh, for these, uh, uh, you know, for this p- potential vaccine. It's co- which is called CoVaccine. And after that, uh, after they got this approval, uh, Bharat Biotech has also started to advertise this potential vaccine as a, you know, w- with its uh, with an advertising line and calling it something called CoVaccine. So this was on the twenty ninth. And now, um, just few days back. Uh, on media, there was this letter which was signed by Balram Bhargav, from which is the, who's the, DJ, the director general of ICMR, and this letter basically uh, exhorts doctor, doctors, principal lead investigators at nearly twelve hospitals across the country, to expedite approvals for conducting these phase one and phase two trials. And the letter is a bit unusual because you know a, a paragraph in that letter. Basically says that uh, uh, you should uh, these doctors ought to be uh, getting getting their processes moving fast enough, such that the wax, uh, potential vaccine can be uh, uh, be made available for public health use by August 15th. Now, presumably, public health use means that it is available to doctors for dissemination everywhere. Now, it was this particular. Uh, you know, phrase that uh, you know became controversial because it's it's only July first, and they just got approval few days back to conduct human trials. And these are phase one and phase two trials, and they take a certain amount of days. I mean, there are nearly thousand people to be recruited from nearly twelve locations across the country, nearly twelve uh, hospitals. Each place has to recruit nearly hundred or hundred fifty people split in each uh each of these recruits you have to split them into multiple groups and multiple groups you have to test different things you have to test number one in phase one that is whether the vaccine is safe it does not produce any adverse reactions and if that yeah. is all okay, you have to monitor that for nearly 28 days and if that is all okay then you go on to another phase which is phase two in which you actually test for whether the antibodies are being produced or not And that itself will take a minimum of 28 days. So combine that together, that's nearly 56 days. And from today, 56 days to today, well exceeds July 15, uh, August 15. And that's just phase 1 and phase 2. Normally, a vaccine has to go through a phase 3, which is an expanded version of a phase 2, but is done across multiple sites and, you know, actually is supposed to test for the vaccine's efficacy. That is, does it actually protect against, uh, you know, people contracting the uh, you know the infection that is much longer and you know this these are the reasons why you would actually wait for a really long time. Bharat Biotech itself in previous interviews to other outlets has has said that you know a vaccine could be practically available only around uh, 2021 that too if all goes well then ideally. So it's still su- surprising why ICMR has, has issued this letter in this particular uh, form and what exactly should we be expecting on August, uh, on August 15th? It is however, it is well possible, as doctors have told us, that by August 15th, if the recruitment happens properly uh, properly, and even now, given that it's already July 3rd, if they get the right number of people in uh, 12 or 13 sites, you could get a fair sense of whether this vaccine is protective and this vaccine actually produces antibodies. So you can act, get some sense of whether it is safe.
0: Right. So, I just want to uh, just ask you again about the type of vaccine that it is. You did mention that it's a, a live attenuated virus, or yeah. is, is that right? So, um, I from what I understand, there are um, you know, in this global race for developing a COVID nineteen vaccine, yeah, uh, there are many um uh, new types, not new types, but some types of
1: yeah,
0: uh, methods of vaccine development that have not yet been properly scientifically tested. Yeah, um, like the mRNA or the DNA um True. type method of making a vaccine. Yeah, but live attenuated vaccine is something that's it is very much in the traditional mold of making a very vaccine. Much, yeah. So in that sense, in that sense, it may they may not be that much of a. Does that have an impact on the trial period?
1: It can because the problem with a live attenuated vaccine is, uh, it has got too many components. I mean, you know, you are you, are, you what Bhar- Bharat Biotech says is that it is going to remove the RNA. The RNA is a part that of a virus that replicates and goes inside cells and causes all the problems so they are basically looking at removing the replicative part but that still leaves a lot of uh, you know virus particles you know virus uh, body parts so to say the outer cover, the envelope the trend is actually to to be able to introduce as little of the foreign body into the body you know inside a healthy volunteer as much as possible The, the, the argument is that the less of a vi- of a viral particle uh, that you introduce in the body the more that the more the chances are that it it does not cause any adverse effects now right. other than just the virus particle you also have to create something called an adjuvant you know something which helps with the uh, uh, you know uh, you know the, the the replication and recognition of the virus inside the body to produce an immune response So, you know, it is actually the manufacture of this that actually takes a lot of time. And when they are testing, they mostly want to see that no adverse reactions are made. And these adverse reactions are because of all these extraneous components of virus, which is why Moderna, you know, when they're making an mRNA vaccine, it is just bits and pieces of the the virus, the parts which every company would want to introduce a part which is foreign enough for the human body to recognize that as foreign and generate an antibody response, but it should not be such a strong response that it kind of uh, you know could release uh, untoward uh, antibodies or you know unrelated uh, uh, particles, because as we know in SARS, what also happens is severe diseases marked by a hyper uh, you know, immune system re- response and cytokines, which actually do much more damage than the virus itself. So it is this. So in that sense, a live etymine is the most oldest and well-known kind of vaccine known, but it is also very crude. And if a live veterinated vaccine were to be really that easy to develop, you know, lots of groups would have just made up with their own, you know, live vaccines. And, you know, we would probably have some of them in like, you know, early phase three or phase two trials by now. But the very fact that they aren't and people are actually trying a lot of other alternative methods means that you know it is not necessarily a sure shot uh, recipe to success and that too so soon
0: right so it's um, it's a kind of a tried and tested method but that's also that also has to do with the fact that it is technically speaking the um, the most basic way to create a vaccine yes, and and, has it's,
1: so. and therefore brings its own encumbrances so to say which which science is actually vaccine development development tries to avoid in terms of making newer forms of vaccine.
0: So Jacob let's just move on now to another topic and that is um, I'm referring to a story that uh, that you wrote for us a few days ago Mm -hmm. and that is about the uh, the ongoing coronavirus pandemic has basically led, uh, you write, to India's disease surveillance system recording unusually fewer instances of diseases other than COVID-19. True. So um, could you just tell us a little bit about what this diseases surveillance system is and uh, what's, what's the situation now with regard to the pandemic
1: yeah so basically the integrated disease surveillance program is a health ministry body and it is the nodal backbone of india's disease outbreak monitoring system it has got presence in nearly all of our districts it is the one which tracks everything from swine flu and was uh, measles dengue you know the rare kind of viral outbreaks chikungunya etc and it acts as an interface between the states and the center and uh, monitors gets reports from various uh agent uh, you know even down to villages on you know whether there's some uh, uh, disease outbreak anywhere and it helps you know the center coordinate response and it also is a um, nodal play, uh, place for you know for example communicating uh, instances of outbreaks to who international organizations even when the uh, SARS-CoV-2 started, the IDSP was among those that, that swung into action and started monitoring cases. And after it becomes a pan, became a pandemic, then the health ministry, etc., have a much greater uh, role. And other agencies, such as ICMR, play a more important role. However, what uh, every their their routine job is to give uh, generate so so called weekly outbreak reports. So every week they get reports from, uh, you know all over india ex- that detail instances of new diseases etc or you know new potential outbreaks the thing is it's a weekly report but the last time you have seen a weekly report from idsp is march 15 uh, to 22 for that week and that was the week after which you, uh, you know we already had at, at least 110 COVID cases and you know the trajectory just went off after that and then we went to lockdown and everything else uh so even it's it's july 3rd and you know we that that's the latest data that we have so it's almost as if we do not there is no other disease happening in this country and uh we do not know it about anything else other than covid if you just compare uh you know that week to the same week last year and the year before you know last year we had 17 outbreaks uh the year before in 2018 we had 28, the year in 2017, we had 45 outbreaks and these are all a variety of, of uh, diseases. It could be, you know, diarrheal outbreaks, it could be like uh, hepatitis, uh, hepatitis A or, you know, different kind of viral strains. There's also mention of Crimean Congo fever, which is also an extremely rare disease, uh, so to say, but there is no such indication this year, so we really did not know what is happening. Now, officials that I had spoken to said that, you know, this actually is a reference to, it could be one reason why this, uh, this happens is also because we do not, uh, people have, are not reporting any diseases other than COVID-19. I mean, hospitals were closed, people were not, there was lockdown, people were not, were not moving anywhere else. So, you know, that affected, you know, even reporting of anything else other than COVID-19. Another way was that, another re- reason is that, you know, uh, restricted movement, there is also a very little chance of people contracting a lot of contagious diseases. People are extra cautious, they're wearing masks, uh, they are uh, washing hands, slightly more cautious about uh, health, so to say. And so viral diseases, which form the main component of such outbreaks, were less uh, kind of uh, prevalent. So, this is almost like how accidents as, you know, a lot of reports they have reduced because people aren't taking out, driving out. But be that as may, there's still no real explanation for why there are no weekly outbreak reports generated, uh, you know, since uh, 15, March 15. So, March 15 be, there were only six outbreaks and that is such an unusually low number. And it stands to reason that now that we are in kind of, you know, unlock two or whatever and, you know, there is normalization going on this process should be normalized too because this is a very vital uh, piece of disease reportage that is essential to understanding the state of disease in india
0: right okay jacob we'll uh, we'll tie that up there uh, for today and um, we'll we'll sort of do this again as in when sure. there's there's a big news topic to update on thank cool. you for joining me today
1: okay bye jay